welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom Biblical Podcast Ministry. And my name is Randy Cook. And the burden we have for this podcast ministry is to come alongside of fathers to encourage, to strengthen, to help, to assist uh, fathers helping fathers, grandfathers helping grandchildren. It uh, doesn't matter whether it's older fathers or younger fathers that are just starting out uh, in their pilgrimage as a father. Uh, our, our goal is to somehow bring fathers together around God's Word and through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and all of us working together uh, be able to raise up children or train up children or disciple up children. As it says in Ephesians, bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And uh, in this particular podcast, we're going to be speaking about prayer. And I have a a special uh, godly father joining me tonight. His name is John Rajan. And uh, he's very uh, been very special in my life how God led him into my life here in Greenville in the church I have pastored. And I want to welcome him, and he's going to interact with me and give his thoughts as we share together from God's Word. And so, John, I want to welcome you. And uh, if you want to share a little bit of uh, biographical information about yourself, uh, we'll give you an opportunity right now. Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pearls of Biblical Wisdom. Well, thank you, uh, Pastor Cook. Um, it's great to be with you uh, for this podcast. I grew up in Southern Illinois in a Christian family. Dad was in the 50s, and he became a Christian at that school. And my mom, who was from a Lutheran uh, family, the, my the pastor family is kind of a diverse background. So my dad was a Christian, my mom was a Christian when I came around and started to grow up and we would have learned to memorize different scriptures from the Bible and of course then I grew up in my own you know you can grow up in a Christian family because the world will challenge you to the world will challenge your beliefs no matter what background you're from and so then your beliefs have to become your own and you know Pastor uh, Randy Cook uh, and uh, started attending Greenville Christian Fellowship in Greenville, South Carolina. It was at a time in my life where I had my first job. I was really on my own in a place far away from where my parents grew up, and I had to really establish my faith as my own. And uh, I had certain struggles in my life, and I was open to Pastor Cook about those struggles. And I decided to follow the Lord more closely and declare my uh, Christianity through uh, believers baptism since then that was in the period of 2004 to 2007 since then I've married a, a nice wife from also from a great uh, uh, Christian family as life has uh, led we've now got five children I will say that I this has kind of been a time my uh, pa- my dad passed away two years ago, and this has kind of been a time where I've had a lot of doubts and a lot of struggles. And life will come with its challenges and make you question everything you believe. 
these things where you ask God, well, why, 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 what about this? Why does this have to happen? Why does that have to happen? You know, why does all these terrible things have to happen? And it can kind of, you know, life can bring those things at you, which kind of cause you to doubt and to, and to question. And, you know, my feeling is that it's okay with God that you come with honest questions. And there's one instance recently where, um, you know, with all the COVID-19 coronavirus going around, I've actually been, you know, kind of doubting, but I heard from a friend of another friend over Facebook, you know, of a, of a father of two children in West Virginia who had to go on a ventilator from the coronavirus. And I just, you know, saw the bio of the young, this young family with two kids and the father, you know, getting the coronavirus. And I, I just couldn't help, even though I had all these doubts, but to pray. And I prayed really hard. You know, I said, Lord, please don't allow this family with two young children. I think one daughter was six and one daughter was four. I said, Lord, please don't allow this man to leave his family because it's going to be so hard on the wife and the kids. And there were a lot of people who joined in prayer. And you could just sense it because the husband, he was about 42 years of age or maybe 45 years of age. He went on the ventilator, but slowly, but slowly, you know, the doctor reported every day that he was getting better slightly. And it was a really long road. But to cut the story short, eventually he came off the ventilator and was able to go back to home to his family. That just had me thinking, wow, you know. It's not every time that God answers prayer like that. You know, just the fact that, you know, even though you can be downtrodden and you can have so many questions about life, but then to suddenly come across, to suddenly come across a situation where you know the best thing you can do is to pray, and you see the opportunity and you start to pray, knowing that God can do anything. And in this situation, the husband, you know, who had coronavirus, you know, about to leave his wife and two young kids behind, you know, God answered not only my prayer, but the prayer of many, many others uh, to save this man. And it's just, it, you know, it's it's a little nugget of encouragement because you, there can be a lot of setbacks and discouraging things in life. But if you don't totally give up, the reality is, is that there's the option of prayer and not only the option of prayer, there's the God who you are praying to, who is, you know, the true God, you know, God the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. And then there's the Holy Spirit who is actually the one, you know, still encouraging you to pray, even though you can lose a lot of heart. And so, you know, this one situation is just a small example of how, uh, of a reminder that, it's important not to give up, and it's important to remember that prayer is always there, and, you know, God wants to hear what our requests are, and He can do all that we can't do. So that's my introduction, and I hope um, that's encouraging to everyone. That's very encouraging. I'm so glad God laid that on your heart as a perfect illustration of the heart-to-heart connection. It's my desire uh, through this podcast ministry to have a heart 
heart-to-heart connection with fathers, uh, not just to give out more Bible knowledge, but to understand the power of God's Word in practical, tangible ways and the power of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of praying in His name and and seeing God work in supernatural ways, fathers praying for fathers. And it's, it's amazing uh, what can happen when spiritual men, spiritually-minded men, especially fathers, uh, join together and uh, have a spiritual discernment of knowing how to pray. Today I was thinking about uh, just how vast the subject of prayer is. And uh, when I first became a believer, uh, one of the first things that God uh, began to uh, talk to me about, I was saved when I was 18. I got married when I was 22. Uh, and my wife and I met at Columbia Bible College in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, we're, we're living in uh, Greenville, South Carolina now uh, after uh, many years of marriage and 10 children later and 19 grandchildren and one on the way. So uh, God's brought us full circle uh, back to South Carolina. But in those early days of uh, when I was a newborn believer, uh, I began to pray to God. And uh, God began to answer my prayers. And I knew I had a personal relationship with God. I was talking to God through His Word, and God was talking, uh, or I was talking to God through prayer, and God was talking to me through His Word. And so I knew I had been born again. I knew I had a personal a relationship with God. And since that time, especially when our children uh, started coming along, and the as we were having children and I was uh, in the midst of fatherhood, I felt like I had jumped into the deep water over my head and didn't know how to swim. And that was after many years of Bible training and seminary training and, you know, preparation uh, of being a pastor. But I began to learn how vital and essential prayer is to being a father. Uh, I want to give a few illustrations, and maybe, John, I don't know if you have any uh, things that come to your mind after I give these illustrations, but Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. So if we're not praying as fathers, we're not going to have the strength we need as fathers. We'll be fainting. We'll be weak. But if we are praying fathers, that's where uh, the strength of the Lord's life and the strength of the Holy Spirit working supernaturally is able to uh, work in the uh, practical, everyday situations of our life. One day years ago, one of our children was uh, doing something that I thought he, uh, he could be doing. Uh, he could be doing something with a better use of his time, and I started to, to say something to him and suggest. Uh, that he not continue doing what he was doing, but do something else. And the Lord prompted me at that moment, instead of saying something, to pray for him and ask God to speak to him uh, from his heart. And uh, within a short period of time, he said, Hey, Dad, didn't you have a project you wanted me to work on? And uh, could I go work on that project for you now? And so instead of me having to convince him to find something more profitable to do with his time, just by taking a little bit of time to pray uh, pray at that moment, uh, God 
prompted him uh, from within his heart uh, to take some initiative without me having to uh, try to convince him that I had wisdom of the profitability of doing something else. So those, that, that was just years ago, some a simple illustration. And then uh, one day, this, uh, when I'm talking about how strong God is through prayer, and when, when we as fathers are trying to uh, train our children, disciple our children, shepherd our children, and bring them up in the Lord's ways, uh, uh, sometimes, uh, especially when they get older, uh, in their teen years, uh, and especially uh, the illustration I'm getting ready to share with you is when my one of my sons uh, got his license, his driver's license, and I was talking to him, and I was telling him uh, how careful you have to be uh, when you're driving, uh, and how quickly things can happen, uh, where you know accidents can take place, and uh, if you're if you're not being cautious, not being careful, how quickly uh, things can get out of control. And the reason why I was sharing that with him is because when I first got my license, uh, I was not careful and I was not cautious, and I ended up uh, with uh, at least two different car uh, accidents that uh, I knew uh, I was not being as, as careful as I should have been as a driver. But when I was uh, talking to my son, I kind of felt like it was going in one ear and out the other with him. And uh, it was almost like I could almost hear him say something along the lines of, well, Dad, that was you, but that's not me. And so, you know, it was kind of like a fatherly talk with him. And uh, the next morning, he called me. Uh, and he said he was at the police station. And I said, well, what are you doing at the police station? He said, well, I had an accident. Well, I thought he was calling me to, to play a joke on me because of the conversation we had had the night before. But actually, he had uh, really had an accident, and he was really at the police station, and he de- needed me to, to go down there and pick him up. And so you say, well, what's your point, Pastor Cook? Well, the point is, through prayer and through power from above, God's power from above, God's wisdom from above, God's working supernaturally from above, God can make the points or reinforce the points that we as parents are seeking to uh, teach our children. And that's when it's according to the truth of the Word of God. And certainly God can make those points in much more powerful ways than we can. And so uh, I'll never forget that. I thought he was calling me, uh, playing a joke on me. But in fact, it was uh, really true. So those are two illustrations early on in, uh, in my parenting. One when my son was first got his license, and then that other illustration goes back when uh, one of the children was about uh, maybe 8, 9, or 10 years old. So, John, is anything like that uh, in your life as a father Anything like that as far as prayer impacted uh, your prayer ministry with your family and with your children? Well, you know, I wish I could say better, but, you know, I think this is a good discussion for me because, you know, I'll be honest and just say I haven't really really thought about as much as I possibly should the the impact of prayer in my family Uh, recently. Part of the the reason of being, uh, you know, with the loss of my dad and kind of the struggles that it's, you know, questioning has brought in my mind. But, you know, with this 
the story about your car, your son in, in his car accident, it really brings up a good point. And actually, before I get to that, I will say that, yes, in my mind, I have prayed for my kids at times. Um, you know, the thing is, you know, when you have children, you do your best to um, you do your best to raise them right, as they say. And you do your best to help them to think about God, to think of some of the challenges that they might face um, in terms of their relationships with God. There actually has been a couple times where, you know, not not many, but a few where, you know, my kids are sleeping at night. You know, and I just, you know, it's only a handful of times, but suddenly I felt the need to, you know, pray over my kids. And as they're sleeping there innocently with their eyes closed, you know how kids are during the daytime. They're, you know, especially, you know, any any age between one and, you know, especially when they were younger, one, two, three, you know, they're all over the place. They're learning all about life. They're speaking new words and doing new things like climbing on chairs and tables and stuff and uh, enjoying mischievous moments and and. And then there's their sweet moments with them. But then there's the nighttime in bed where they're just still. And when you walk in the room, sometimes that I have a few times, and you see them just sleeping there, you're reminded about the preciousness and the fragility of life. And in a few of those moments, I could, couldn't help but stop and pray over my kids as they were sleeping. And I would pray you know that the Lord would that the Lord would you know have his angel to guardian angel to protect them and that you know whatever would happen in life to them that God would not allow the devil to pluck them out of his hand and I think it's really important for for dads to pray that God will protect their children. I just think it does something special you know going to your car car accident illustration I had a similar situation actually happened to me in the summer of 2007. I was moving, you know, up to Ohio, and on the way, you know, I there was a fly in my car, and I started to pay attention to the fly and try to smack it around. And I lost track of the fact I was on a highway 57 north of Mount Vernon, up heading, heading in southern Illinois, heading towards Chicago, and I lost, you know, track of the road, and uh, suddenly, I was in in the uh, median between between the, uh, in the the two directions of the freeway, and then I I tried to you know put myself back on the road, but I jerked the wheel too far, and now I went for a tailspin. And thankfully, I would have gone down the, the hill on the other side if it hadn't been for the fact that I hit a mile marker side just at that time. And then right after that, two guys came and stopped. And they're almost like angels from heaven, and they helped my car get unstuck. Uh, you know, my one of my the damage could have been a lot worse. Uh, there was, you know, body damage on the left side uh, to the rear of the of the rear passenger door on the left side, and the tire and the tire was flat. So they somehow helped me to push the car out of kind of the rut it was in. And, you know, they helped me jack up the car and put in my spare tire, and I was on my way home. It could have been so much worse, but I wasn't even thinking of it at the time. But that's just one of the ways where God just shows up. It was one of the examples in my life where God just showed up and protected me. And then while I was still stunned, it was just seconds between when I was, you know, finally had stopped and those two guys had pulled up to help me out. And it just helps me to think that, 
God had his guardian angel watching over me, probably uh, sure that my parents weren't even praying for me at that time, um, because they had no idea what was happening to me. They just assumed I was on my way up to moving to, you know, Ohio for a new job. But so I think it's an illustration how it's critical to pray at times for your kids, because you never know when God is going to answer that prayer and save your kids from danger and other challenging events in life. So uh, just, those are just some thoughts in response to what you already shared. Oh, that's excellent. That is excellent. I'm so glad you shared that. A number of things as you were talking uh, came to my mind that I want to uh, pick up on, John. Uh, one is uh, those illustrations I gave uh, obviously were positive types of illustrations of seeing God work. But not all the times in my life with the children were that ideal. Uh, you know, I don't want to present the wrong uh, picture here of fathering and parenthood. There's many challenges, uh, many times of struggling, many times of defeat, many times of challenges. And sometimes you don't feel like God's answering your prayers, even though you are praying. Uh, we are in a spiritual uh, battle as fathers. And... Uh, so don't be weary as a father in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Uh, the, the thing that will keep you from fainting not or fainting is praying. Now, John reminded me how important it is for one particular prayer that uh, I would really admonish strongly that you as fathers pray as regular as you can. I I had time with our family at 7 in the morning usually, uh, and then I would normally pray this prayer with the family when we had our time, family altar time or family devotion time. And I did it for years, and I still pray this way. And it's based on how Job uh, prayed uh, when he prayed a hedge of protection around his family. And you'll find that term, hedge of protection, is also mentioned in Hosea. It's a very important concept, very important biblical concept. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, through his blood atonement, through his resurrected, ascended, glorified, exalted life, the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, the one who is stripped away from the powers of darkness, their authority, sin has been paid for, We've been forgiven of our sins, and therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ, we've been set free from condemnation. We've been set free from the power of sin, the penalty of sin. And when we pray in his name, knowing that he's delivered us from the powers of darkness, we can pray this hedge of protection. It's very important to pray this hedge of protection on a regular basis, because the Bible tells us as fathers, we wrestle not, well, you could say in application, we wrestle not against our children. Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, what we wrestle against is the rulers of the darkness, the spiritual wickedness in high places, and we need God to put that hedge of protection around us. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jesus said before something can be bound on earth— it's first got to be bound in heaven. And before something can be loosed on earth, it's first got to be loosed in heaven. 
And when you as a father pray in the authority of the redemptive life of Christ, his resurrected, ascended, glorified, exalted position at the right hand of the Father, knowing that all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth, then whatever needs to be bound in the heavens so it will not affect your children in a negative spiritual way, and whatever needs to be loosed in the heavens so your children will not uh, be uh, negatively impacted, uh, when you pray that way, you're bringing down God's power from heaven to earth. And I just want to remind you of what Jesus said to Nathaniel. Remember, Nathaniel was under that fig tree, and he was amazed uh, what the Lord knew about him under that fig tree. And the Lord said, uh, uh, that's amazing enough to know that I knew what was going on with you under the fig tree. But he said, there's coming a day when you're, there's going to be an open heaven. And the angels of God will be ascending from earth to heaven and heaven to earth. And that open heaven is going to come about through the Lord Jesus' redemptive ministry. His crucifixion, his death, his burial, his resurrected, resurrected life made possible for the angels to go back and forth between heaven and earth because of the open heaven of heaven's blessings coming to earth because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you as a father pray in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, you can bring the blessings of heaven, power from above, wisdom from above, blessing from above, and especially that hedge of protection from above so that the powers of darkness do not have any victory in your children's lives and they are protected from deception and protected from the allurements of what the world may be trying to draw them away to because God's supernaturally working through your uh, praying. And when John explained how he took that special time, uh, those moments with his children, and he was prompted to pray for his children the way he did, for their safety, for their protection, for their provision. Uh, in the spirit of the way he was praying, he was praying the, what I just explained, of God's power, God's spiritual protection from heaven above. And I'm so glad he uh, talked about the illustrations he gave because I wasn't even planning on sharing about this uh, hedge of protection prayer. But it's one of the most important uh, prayers that we could ever pray. And, you know, before the devil could do anything to Job, the hedge of protection, before the devil could do anything to his family, and before the devil could do anything to Job, the hedge of protection had to be removed. So that as long as that hedge of protection was in place, protection, and even when, the, when God allowed it to be undone, God had higher purposes and higher plans that he was accomplishing uh, through that particular event in, in Job's life. So it was a win-win situation. Uh, but uh, if you just look at the example of Job in your prayer life, I think it'll help you as a father. So, uh, John, as far as your uh, father, I know you were real close to him. And uh, as far as his impact in, in your life, you know, a father to a son, uh, what would you say has uh, been the greatest uh, spiritual lessons that you've learned from your father over the years? Well, since this podcast is about prayer, the answer I have is 
you know, along the lines of prayer is that there were certain things in his life that he prayed for. And when we had a devotions every night, you know, one of the things he would always pray for was, you know, his parents for most, uh, really all for the remainder of their life and his, and his family, you know, remained Hindus. And the one thing my dad would pray for every single night uh, when we started having family devotions was for the salvation of his parents, or the salvation of his mother and father, and the salvation for or for the salvation of his two brothers and his sister. You know, and he would mention their names and all the members of their families every single every single time, every single night, the same thing. He would pray for the salvation of his grandparents, of his mother and father, and his two brothers and his sister, and mention every single name other families and every night he would do that and you know it's kind of sad but you know I saw him two weeks before and then saw him the day before he passed away and two weeks before he passed away you know he was in complete weakness from a pulmonary disease that he'd been struggling with for five years and and he prayed with all of us there and guess what his prayer was his prayer was for the salvation of, you know, his parents had passed away, but he was praying for the salvation of his brother and his sister and their families. Mm. And I, I have to say that one of the takeaways from my father was that even though I don't totally know if God answered those prayers, my dad never gave up praying from the days of his life where, you know, he was younger and we were kids all the way till then. He just never gave up praying. And that's actually, you know, interesting that this topic is on the topic of prayer, but, you know, that is one of the things that if someone would ask me what, a, what is the influence of my dad is he never gave up praying for things that he, he really wanted. It's kind of interesting, you know, when my grandmother, when my grandmother, my dad's mother, you know, was about a month passing away, she had a stroke. And then after the stroke, you know, she was, you know, fairly there mentally, but uh, some... Catholic girl in, in the hospital there in India came and prayed. And then from then on, you know, she, she wanted to ask about spiritual things and she would tell, she would tell the doctors to pray to Jesus for her. And again, I don't know exactly what the extent of her faith was, but, but that just hearing of that and my dad went, went to visit her months before she passed away and hearing of those situations you know, where this young girl prayed for my for my grandmother in front of my dad and her and then from then you know you know my grandmother saying pray to Jesus for me my grandmother had grew, grown up and lived her whole life as a as a solid brahmin hindu and here she was suddenly in the last month of her life asking Jesus, people to pray to Jesus for her what that says to, uh, what that's been one of my biggest life lessons that you can go through a whole lifetime of praying for something and then suddenly God could do something very simple like send a, a Catholic girl to a hospital you know where my grandmother was and say a simple prayer you know it's amazing you know she lives my grandmother lived so much of life before that and you know not really much indication in terms of spiritual things but you know, suddenly a month before my grandmother passed away, it was this, you know, girl who came and prayed for her. And it, it, I think it really did make my grandmother realize that prayers to Jesus are important. And, you know, I'm highly hopeful that God, in fact, did answer, you know, my dad's prayer, my life, dad's lifetime prayer for her. And, you know, I, 
I'm, I'm really, really hopeful. So, you know, it's just a, a reminder that, you know, and it's really reminding me absolutely, you know, actually right now that, you know, you know, it's important not to give up praying for things that you really value and, you know, you keep praying for those things, you know, like my dad did for his whole life for the salvation of his family. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Another um, prompting I got from the Lord as John has been sharing these illustrations is how important it is as a father uh, to share with your children the same types of testimonies that uh, John is sharing with us. Uh, it's amazing how your children will uh, perk up and listen with alertness when you start telling them a story, uh, whether it's just a made-up story or a real-life story. It's amazing how you know children love to hear stories, but a, a, a real story, according to the Bible, is a testimony, a testimony of the truth of God's working. And in Proverbs, it talks about the testimony that you give that's according to God's Word and according to what God is doing and how God's proving His Word to be true. It says it makes the simple wise. And of course, most of you fathers probably know in Proverbs, it says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child and uh, through the proper discipline, proper shepherding, uh, you know, that can be unbound as they're brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord's life. But one of the um, uh, ways of God working so your children can come into the power of the Lord's life is share these illustrations like John's sharing with your children. Uh, all these things that he's sharing with us would be wonderful for his children to know what God has done in his family and in his grandfather, their grandfather's life and and uh, share with your children the testimonies of how God has worked in your family life and uh, how God is working in your family life. The testimony of the Lord maketh the simple to be wise. And so I just admonish you in that. Now, John, we're going to uh, bring this to a close. Uh, if you were to consider what does the Father need most prayer for in terms of priority of how to pray for fathers, either you praying for fathers or what you need as a father, uh, what comes to your mind as far as how we as fathers could be praying for each other? What, what's, what's the challenges that are at the top priority of prayer for fathers? Anything come to your mind? Well, I think it sounds very simple, but uh, I think one of the things that fathers need prayer for the most, especially in the times that we live in, is that the Lord would help us to keep our minds on Him. And that just sounds so simple, but the reality is, as a father, there's many pressing burdens, you know, even for myself, you know. I think most, if not all fathers, you know, especially when they they have kids, you know, in the middle of a you know, life with small kids, and, and, you know, there's bills to pay, there's, you know, you know, schooling for your children and, and potentially saving up so that they can go to college. There's a lot of burden, you know, keeping your job and what if my job ends and I have to go search for another job? Will I be able to find another job? You know, societal pressures, you know, things that our society tells us. Our society tries to turn us away from God. Our society will try to turn our children away from God. 
the feeling of busyness that, uh, that many of our lives have, the, the easiest thing that, thing that can happen the easiest is that our minds stop, you know, our, our minds don't focus on God. Our minds are pulled off to other things. And I think it's very important. It's just making me think, and this whole discussion is making me think about how it really is really important that we keep our minds on the Lord, that we need to pray that the Lord will keep our minds on Him, and that we we pray to the Lord that He will, you know, pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to talk to us, to to continue to bring things to our minds that we need to think about, that we need to deal with in our minds and our hearts. You know, it's just amazing how suddenly the Holy Spirit can bring out thoughts of, you know, things I did or thought, you know, many, many years ago, and uh, how oh, maybe some of those things that I thought or did many years ago weren't really right, and how I needed to learn from some of those things. We need to keep our minds on the Lord. Uh, we need to read His Word. We need to have the Holy Spirit, you know, bring thoughts to us. You know, to keep us to keep our minds in a place where we we know we can depend on God, and that that we realize that we are dependent upon God, uh, because the world will try to take our attention away from God and doubt God even run away from God, and it really tries really hard. There's a lot of things out there, but, you know, I've, I'm reminded, been reminded many times, or have, been, or have been impressed upon many times that I'm the safest when I really focus on the Lord and what He wants from me and try to live my life for Him. We need to pray that, as fathers, we would not be distracted from, from what things are really the highest priority, and that is, you know, focusing on the Lord, focusing on Christ, and focusing on and waiting for the Lord to the Holy Spirit to speak to us. That was well said, John. It makes me think of Hebrews chapter 12, and it talks about as we journey through this life, it, we're running a race, and uh, it's not uh, a 50-yard dash race as we run through the journey of life through this world. It's cross-country, and you can't run a cross-country race the way you run a 50-yard dash. Uh, you have to pace yourself. And the way you pace yourself in this cross-country journey as a father and as a believer uh, tells us in Hebrews 12, we run the race with patience. And the word patience there is made up of uh, two Greek words, hupa, mane. It's the ability to remain under pressure without the pressure getting the best of you. And there's lots of pressures, as uh, John well explained earlier, that we fathers face as we go through this life. But when we run the race with patience and we have that hupa mane, the ability to remain under the pressure without it getting the best of us, the key factor is what John just explained. It says we run the race with patience, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. So we're not distracted to the right or to the left by all the things that John just described that the world could be uh, uh, pulling us one way or the other. The main uh, central factor of praying with faith and living by faith is constantly looking to Jesus Christ himself, keeping your focus on who he is, your fellowship with him, Remember in Philippians, it says, I, as a father, 
can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we started out saying, if men don't pray, they'll be they'll faint. Jesus said men ought, ought always to pray and not to faint. And now we're finishing uh, this pod- podcast here uh, with uh, mentioning that if we don't keep looking to Jesus and keep our eyes on our relationship with him and not on the circumstances of life, then uh, we'll feel the pressure getting the best of us. But as long as we keep our focus on, keep our mind stayed on who Jesus Christ is and who he is in us and through us, then uh, he will accomplish the work. By his grace, the grace of his life, uh, he'll accomplish the work through you as a, as a father. John, I'd like to pray before we close this, and I want to pray for your family, pray for all the fathers that are listening to this, and I want to especially pray for the unsaved uh, family members that your dad had been praying for. So let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. The privilege of prayer is not just to get things that we want or need. The privilege of prayer is to know you, love you, worship you, become like you, so that the glory of your Son's life can be made manifested through us. And while we're becoming like your Son through prayer, the things that we need from you, you perfectly work out so that we're not overcome with the pressure of it because we keep our eyes stayed on who your Son is. And we all are able to say we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And thank you for giving us the liberty, John and myself, the liberty to just share from our heart some kind. Lord, I was really praying this would be a heart-to-heart communication with fathers. I thank you for answering the prayer that we have been able to share from our heart so that other fathers' hearts can share with us and, and bear witness with us so that we can all understand the power of prayer through the life and the name of your Son. And Father, I want to pray for the unsaved. I pray that as we as fathers are responsible in the home and family, bringing up our children like John's father was doing, uh, he kept his focus on the unsaved. And he taught his family how not to be introverted and to just be inwardly focused. He taught his family how to keep their eyes focused on the unsaved and to constantly be praying that others would come to know you. And I thank you, Father, for such a godly father who all through his times with his family kept praying for the unsaved and helping his family know uh, that we as a family, through becoming like Christ, can, uh, can help others come to know Christ and salvation. So I pray that all those members of John's family that John's father was praying for, I pray that even tonight you would supernaturally work, that those members that he was praying for would be supernaturally touched by you, that you would give them the understanding they need to be truly converted and truly saved, and more people be able to come into your kingdom and your salvation And, Father, that you'll be glorified through it because of us all joining together in prayer and understanding how, as fathers, you bring the blessings of heaven to earth through prayer. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now, uh, there's a hymn that says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. <laughs> 